Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, we continued our series, Jesus Is, But Also. This may be the most confusing pairing at first glance, that Jesus is peace, but also disruption. But Matthew 10 helps us see how embracing Jesus and his ways does indeed bring division and lead to ultimate peace. Follow along and we hope you enjoy this message. So we are in uh, another week of this series, Jesus Is, but also, and we've been talking each week about things, maybe the first part, Jesus is blank, uh, has seemed kind of normal, or yeah, I've heard that before, we've talked about that in the church. And the second part, but also, maybe has seemed a little bit of, uh, maybe, maybe to have tension with the other word, or be, hey, I don't know that I've really heard it put that way before. And so, hopefully we've helped you see kind of some different sides of the Lord, and how, while maybe some of them seem contradictory even, uh, that they actually go together. And so, uh, I know we've talked about this before, but that uh, somebody used the illustration one time of God being kind of like just a mini-sided diamond with all kinds of different angles to him and and pieces of his character, his character, different characteristics of who he is. And that as you kind of spin that diamond, you get to see all these different angles. But if you only focus on one side, you never really get to uh, see him in all his beauty. And so hopefully that's part of what this series has done. And we're going to keep doing that today. But before we get into what the, the two words are this morning, I thought I would bring some things specifically uh, in the food category that go together, but at first you may not think like that's going to be good. And let me just say, I got three of them. Okay. Two of these I endorse heavily. Okay. Uh, you, you'll be able to tell by what these things are that I heavily endorse these things. Okay. One of them. Okay. I don't endorse because I haven't tried, but I'm also planning to never try this. Okay. Like I'm actively planning against this second item, but some people swear by it. So let's do the first one. The first one is maple bacon donuts. Okay. So the two, the two things, right? The two things, and I was hesitant to try it, uh, bacon and donuts, okay? I love both of these equally, but together, how can, how can one do this, okay? Such different flavors, uh, such, such things that I, I love about each one uniquely, but together, how many of you have had a maple bacon donut or a bacon donut at some point? Maybe you left out the, the maple part. Uh, delicious, right? How many of you were hesitant at first, like myself? I don't know if I can do this. I'm looking at it, and it even kind of looks strange and odd. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm with you. And uh, how many of you have never had one of these? How many of you are, like, actively planning not to have one of these? Anybody? Wow, guys, no, no, no. You need to trust us, okay? This is like the Lord uh, parting uh, the curtain a little bit, pulling back the curtain and saying, hey, on earth as it is in heaven, have a little taste of heaven with this maple bacon donut, okay? So you need to, you need to embrace it. This is, this is kingdom living. This is kingdom eating, okay? And uh, try this maple bacon donut. My favorite place to get one is the, uh, the place is just called Donuts in Simpsonville, okay? We've talked about this place before. It's the best, it's the best, right? It's the best donuts in town, and um, it's it just says donuts on the 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 outside of this establishment. But apparently, it's called Lickin' Good Donuts or something like that. Because every time I get a receipt, that's what it says. But I guess that's too much to fit on one side of the building. So here's the first one. The second one. Don't put the picture up yet, okay? This is the one that I cannot endorse 
and don't plan to, but people swear by it, okay? This was a, a TikTok and Instagram reel and maybe some YouTube short uh, sensation about a year and a half ago. I've got to include all three, okay? Because some people, they're really into the shorts, really into the reels, or really into the, the, the talks, okay? So uh, this one, it was a, a like, hey, you'll never, you'll never guess that this combination actually tastes good. And then people were like, ah, I don't think so, but i got to try it because I want the views, right? And they would, they would take watermelon, Okay, some of you already know where I'm going with this, and put mustard on it. Okay, they would put mustard on it, which by itself, right? Big fan of watermelon. Give me watermelon, especially in the summer. Mustard got some specific uses, like mostly in the sandwich category, right? In fact, I don't like. I'm not even a big honey mustard person, which I know some of you are. But maybe you put mustard on your chicken at some points, like chicken fingers or something. Uh, but together with watermelon, what are we doing? Okay, this to me again. People swear by it, but this would be the opposite end of, hey, on earth as it is in heaven. This is like the downfall of our society, right? This is, this is why America has a few short years left probably because uh, I'm sure that we came up with this. How many of you have ever had this? Has anybody ever had this before? Are you serious? Get out. Are you familiar, are you familiar with the term excommunication? That means like we kick you out of church, okay, and we put it in writing that you can never come back. Yeah, that's what's about to happen here. Uh, how many of you put salt on your watermelon? Anybody into that? I know people who, I'd be more likely to try that, okay? Be more likely to try that. Okay, now this next one, go ahead and put the picture up. I'm going to have, I'm going to, hear me out, okay? Hear me out. Brantley, do you already know what I'm going to say with this? Huh? Okay, that's part of it, all right? Understand, we're, what we're looking at, we're looking at a deluxe, a deluxe number one meal with a milkshake, okay? So, hear, hear me, this part you understand, but, but wait, wait a minute, okay? Remember, I highly endorse this. Fries in the shake, easy, right? How many of you have done this? Easy, that's a given. That's what, that's, that's why you, you, they are sold at the same restaurant, so you can dip the fries into the shake, Okay? But wait, but wait, this is about to blow your mind. You're going to get more mad at me than with the watermelon. The sandwich. Yes. In the shake, okay? Dip in your sandwich in the milkshake. JJ? Yes, we support it. It has JJ's vote. Listen, even better, even better with the spicy, even better with the vegetables. You just made this milkshake the healthiest thing you've ever eaten, okay? Are you kidding me? Hey, don't knock it till you try it. Look, criminal. Oh, I thought you were saying it's good. Maggie, are you familiar with the term excommunication? Uh, so listen, don't knock it till you try it. And also, if you go to cookout and you get a milkshake and you get quesadillas, same thing, baby. That's an, it's, an even better, it's an even better way to scoop, okay? You can fold that quesadilla so perfectly, scoop it into your mouth, take a bite. What you <laughs> have I heard of it? <laughs> yeah, but I have the microphone. <laughs> microphone is power. Oh, I'd be down with any flavor milkshake. Bring some variety. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Hey, somebody's gonna try it and you're gonna you're gonna feel your 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 soul leave your body and just go to heaven for a few moments and come back and you're gonna say, Wow, that was great. Bring it for a game. It wouldn't even be a disgusting game. It would be a, a, like, no, 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 
No. Okay. Well, I, I, I see here that this is not one. Hey, how about you turn to your neighbor? You got like 30 seconds. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them something like a combination that you eat that someone might consider odd, but you love. Okay. Think for a second. If you got one of those, tell your neighbor. Wow, there's some calls for my excommunication, for my resignation, my, my faith to be revoked. All right, so I heard, I heard uh, buffalo sauce with anything, which I can get on board with buffalo sauce on a lot of things. I heard uh, spaghetti with pickles mixed in, which I just think that, I mean, maybe. There's some, there's some, yeah. Olives are not pickles, is that what you said? Olives, but not pickles. But I'm wondering if it's kind of like somewhat of the same. I don't know. Uh, anybody else from the middle row? You got something? Yeah. Yes? What is it? Ketchup and grapes. I can't get on board with this. In fact, I've seen my children do it accidentally in their meals, and I, I just I let them live and learn kind of thing. Uh, how about from this side? Ketchup and mac and cheese. I've seen folks do it. I would not do it myself. So, uh, I'm sorry. I, I put hot sauce on my mac and cheese. So, oh yeah. Hot sauce and mac and cheese. Riley, last one. What is it? Chicken and maple syrup. See, now we're onto something though. There's places. Are you familiar with uh, chicken and waffles? Chicken and waffles, kind of a similar, similar thing. All right, hey, we got to go for the sake of time. We got to get into the scripture. So go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, we got to go ahead and go, Edwin. Matthew chapter 10. Edwin, you with me? You with me, bro? Hey, you could tell your small group afterwards, okay? Um, so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 10. Today, I think, might be uh, one of the most, like, how do those two things go together? sessions in this message. And the two things are Jesus is peace and also, or but also, disruption, okay? Jesus is peace, but also disruption. How can those two things go together? Well, hopefully we'll talk about that, and it'll make a little more sense this morning. This this one first side, peace, is probably something that you are very familiar with. We talk about this a lot in the church. And one of the biggest reasons that we talk about it is because your generation, Gen Z, is actually, like by all measurements and statistics and surveys, uh, your generation, congratulations, clap it up. You have some of the highest anxiety, in fact, the highest anxiety of any generation on record. Yeah. So, yep, you got... You did it. You won. Um, it's, not, it's not great, guys. Not great, Bob. And, uh, oh, we have a Bob in here, so that phrase actually works. Uh, so some of that, right, is, is all the things, even something that we talked about earlier this morning, like three years ago, as you guys are, like this has now become part of your last three years of growing up, is that you've had to deal with a global pandemic, 
which like there were people who lived their entire lives and did not experience something like you have experienced over the last three years. And not only has that been going on around the world, but you hear all the time about different wars, whether it's what's going on in Ukraine or things that go on uh, in some African countries, or like you hear about all this, all this crazy stuff, global warming, like all this crazy, scary, it feels like a very apocalyptic kind of stuff. And you hear about these things and you think about them and you internalize them and it may cause some anxiety. And that's not even to throw in the things that are happening in your own individual lives with your families and the way uh, the family unit, kind of the standard family seems to have been in, in, in a place of being attacked over the last several decades where the, the normal family structure really isn't so normal anymore and divorce rates are higher than they've ever been and uh, just broken homes from the get-go are higher than they've ever been and fathers walking away or mothers walking away. Uh, the family is under attack and maybe you've felt some of that and maybe you have some of that in your own family even now. And then you've got more pressure on you, it seems like, than ever before for school. Like some of you are already thinking about, okay, as a middle schooler, here's what I need to do with my grades, and then once I get to high school, and so I can get into the right college, so I can get the right career, so that I can meet the right person, like, you already are thinking about these things, and I, like, that was one of the last things on my mind when I was in middle school, and that really wasn't that long ago, all right, like, 15 years, that's more than your whole lives, but uh, it wasn't that long ago that, well, I I was actually in high school 15 years ago, let's be honest here, but it really wasn't that long ago, and things have, have changed Drastically, And then that we haven't even started talking about social media and the pressures that you guys feel when it comes to social media if you're already engaged in that world and you see this, this life that you're supposed to have and if you don't, you're a failure and all these kinds of things and you internalize it and you carry these burdens and it causes anxiety. And there's plenty of other things we could talk about, whether it's performance in sports or performance in some other extracurricular activity or just some of the things that you have going on just in your own uh, own mind, your own mental health, all of these things compile and cause, uh, bring about a ton of anxiety the most of any generation is found in your generation. And so maybe you're just anxious as we talk about these things. I'm sorry, but this is a part of life. And we talk pretty often in here about peace and about God's peace. And this is a very real part of who he is, a, a very real side of who our God is, that he brings peace that surpasses all understanding. In fact, Jesus, when he's with his disciples for one of the last times, he's telling them, hey, I'm going to leave you, but it's okay because I'm leaving you. One of the things I'm leaving you with is my peace in the form of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit would actually be with you, dwelling within you. They couldn't understand it at the time. We still can't fully understand it, but get to know a little bit more this side of the cross. And Jesus actually says, hey, you're going to have access to this peace that surpasses all understanding and that outweighs your circumstances at any given time because the Holy Spirit's going to be living and dwelling within you. And then we see other places in later uh, chapters or later letters in the New Testament where guys like Paul and Peter were writing about, hey, you can cast your anxieties on the Lord. Like you can give the things that you're weighed down by. You can give the things that you're anxious about. You can give the things that are stressing you out. Just give them directly to the Lord and he's faithful and good to take those from you. Remember Jesus, one of his, his most famous lines is, hey, come to all Come to me, all who are heavy laden, you're burdened, you're stressed out, you're tired, you're anxious, and I will give you rest. That is a very true side 
of who our God is. It, it, it is. Remember, we, we've said, hey, all these, Jesus is, but also it's not like, hey, that one side you've heard about, that's not true, and this side is. No, like both are true, and we want to get a better picture, a bigger picture of how these things fit together. So where does the disruption come in? Jesus is peace, but also disruption or disruptive. I actually think that oftentimes the path towards peace is paved with disruption. The path to peace is paved with disruption. And so that's, that's what we're going to talk about this morning from Matthew chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 34 and track with me here, okay? Jesus is going to say some things. That you're going to be like, yeah, I'm bringing that verse home to my parents, okay? But uh, it's probably not exactly what you're thinking. So let's go. Verse 34 says, do, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth, but I, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. So right off the bat, Jesus is saying some kind of contradictory things, right? But Jesus, don't. Like we just talked about peace and you were going to leave peace in the form of the Holy Spirit with the disciples. Is that not true? Is that negating what you're saying? No, I don't think so. I think Jesus is getting at this idea that we just mentioned a minute ago that, hey, if you're going like he didn't just come to bring peace in the form of rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and everybody's happy and everybody just gets along. No, but when Jesus came, some of the things that he was saying, teaching, preaching, living out were disruptive, were divisive. The path towards peace is oftentimes paved with disruption, and I think that's what Jesus is getting at. Like, hey, no, actually the life that I'm inviting you into is going to stir some things up. It's going to shake some things up. It's going to often look more like a sword splitting hairs and splitting, causing divisions, and he's going to talk about families and certainly in culture and your comforts. It's going to look divisive, but on the other side of that division is peace. So Jesus starts to get into it. And these are not verses, by the way, to take home to your families and tell them, this is why I'm mad at you, okay? So listen to this. Maybe you've heard it before. For I, Jesus, I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Okay? No, you do not have permission to say, hey, Jesus said, I can hate you as long as I love him. Okay? You took my ketchup away from my mac and cheese last night, father, and you've really, you've really ticked me off. And so the Lord said, I can hate you and love him. And uh, no, that's not like, not really what Jesus is getting at. Okay. Here's what he's getting at. This culture especially was very familial, very communal, like family was a big deal. And they tended to live in community with one another, uh, both those who were outside their family and those who were a part of their family. But the way they lived, whether they were family or not, probably looked like, hey, everybody in this town is like related to somebody. And maybe some of them were somehow, some way, right? But, but it was a big deal. Like family was a huge deal at this time. And so, yeah, like if they had arguments and stuff, they would deal with them and they would fight for one another and they would fight hard to keep the family together. But there were times where, hey, if you went too far outside of what the family believed or outside of how the family lived, that you could be completely cut off from the family. One of the things that was really important at this time was your inheritance. And, and that if you, if you uh, 
were a part of this family, like, hey, once mom and, or dad passes away, that you would get the family's inheritance. They would pass it down to you. But one of the ways that you could have something like that taken away, as well as the rest of the family cutting you off, is if you were to walk away from their faith, from the Jewish faith, from Jewish practices. And Jesus is saying that, hey, when you step into life and a life where you, you love me and you embrace me and you're in close relationship with me more than anything else. That's what he's talking about, loving him over everything else, including our families. That's not, not to say that we do not love our families anymore, but he is our, our priority, our utmost, that especially for these folks that he's talking to in this culture, that it may mean that you're going to be cut off from your family. It may mean that you're going to be forced out or have to walk away when it comes to following me. And so for us today, some, sometimes that actually is how it goes. Like I actually know that some of you in here, you're, you're coming to church with your grandparents because your parents have said, church just isn't really that important. And I don't know if I, I buy that whole Jesus thing. But your grandparents have said, no, I want my granddaughter. I want my grandson to be in the church. This is important. This is valuable. And it may have already started to cause some tension within your family that you've started to believe in Jesus, even though maybe your parents or older siblings, younger siblings don't. And so maybe there's some division there. Maybe you've already seen extended family who's decided to go down a certain path, and your family has said, man, we've tried all that we can, but they, they just keep turning their back on us, and it's caused some division in that way because of what your family believes and what you hold dear, and that your extended family does not hold things in that same way. But this isn't just family members. This could be any kind of relationship. That it, that it may be that some of your friendships, you're starting to get this tension because you're like, this is what it means to, to me to follow Jesus and to live the life that he's called me to. But my friends are doing something completely different. And that may be causing some tension or frustration, or maybe you've actually had to leave certain friends. It's just like a sword splitting this relationship. Not because you, you just hate them. And have to get away from them, but because, hey, the life that Jesus is calling you into, you know that it's not good or healthy for you to be with them quite as much anymore. Maybe, I know that this is not everybody, but it, it, every time I bring up the word relationships, a lot of people are like, ooh, boyfriend, girlfriend. No, it's not just, there's other relationships, okay? But maybe there is some sort of boyfriend, girlfriend, or I like her, or she likes me, or whatever, like some sort of relationship like that that you actually need to put a pause on or eliminate, do away with. I mean, after all, all you guys do is say, we're dating, and then you say hi in the hall. One time I gave her a high five, right? Like, and now we're, now we're in love. Or you go to McDonald's in the back of your family's car, and, you know, can we still play in the playground? Like, can we do that? No, you're, you're too old, probably. Too big. But maybe, so for me, and I told First Hour this, so I'll tell you guys too, but I actually had a relationship in my life when I was in high school where I, I, I was a Christian and I just started dating this girl because I'd had a, a crush like on and off again with her. Like it sounds really sweet, uh, but since third grade and it was like, finally, the stars are aligning. But here's the deal. I dated her for two months and the whole time I knew, I knew before we started dating, that she wasn't a Christian. And I was just being a fool. Like I was just being dumb. And at some point I was so convicted like, hey, this isn't going to work. Missionary dating oftentimes is not a real thing. So, like, you have to break up with her. It caused some division in this relationship that I held very dear at the time. And in doing that, like, I took her, there's the uh, Starbucks right around Fairview Road that used to be a bank. It looks like an old bank. I took her in there and broke up with her. And it led to a, a two-hour conversation about the gospel where I was like, hey, here's what I believe. And 
you know, whether you believe it or not, like here's the implications that I believe it has, like even in our boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, even as high school kids. But that was part of what I felt like God had called me into. It caused division in that relationship. But ultimately, Jesus doesn't just want to break you off from everybody and isolate you, but there's also peace that comes. Uh, On this path where there is disruption, there's also peace that comes in relationships that maybe you thought were, were lost forever. There's peace that comes with us and other relationships with people, but also peace that comes between us and our relationship with God. Where there once was division and disruption between us and God, our sin holding us back from him because of Jesus, we can have peace with God. So as much as there may be some disruption in your relationships, whatever that looks like for you, there's also peace there for you as well in Jesus. Jesus isn't just talking about relationships And we're not either today. Verse 38 says, And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Jesus is talking here about this way of life, this this image of taking up your cross and following Jesus is, hey, come and put on this new way of life. This way of life that inevitably looks different from the rest of the world. Not everybody in this world is picking up their cross and following Jesus. You guys have lived long enough to know that that's true. The world is pursuing all kinds of other things that they're picking up, whether it's the pursuit of materialism or the pursuit of popularity or the pursuit of, of, of uh, like social media fame or the pursuit of, of just wealth or the pursuit of, uh, hey, I just want to have ultimate freedom and be able to do whatever I want to do. Like, there's all these different things that people have picked up and put on and, and said, this is what I'm going to go after in life. And Jesus has said, hey, that's probably not for you. Your path is to pick up your cross and follow me every single day. And it's going to inevitably be countercultural. Jesus brings division in our relationships, but also peace there. He brings division in between us and the things that culture is, is going after. But there's also peace in the midst of it. Like his way of life is actually better. And let me give you one big example. And I'll kind of talk to the ladies here for just a second. But what would it look like? And I know not all of you have done this. But one of the biggest things that is causing anxiety in the ladies in our generation is social media. And specifically in regards to this comparison trap. And so maybe you're not even on social media, but you feel this comparison trap. Like you see what other girls have around you. You see this picture on on the internet or wherever it is that you're looking of this is what a woman looks like and this is what a woman has and this is what a woman does and it causes you this anxiety because like I have to keep up and I have to attain that look or, or I have to have those things. I have to marry that kind of person or at least date that kind of person. Usually marriage isn't the thing that's propped up. But it causes you so much anxiety and so much stress. And we just think it's normal because it actually is, but it shouldn't be. So what would it look like for you if that's you, if you're finding yourself in that and you're like, oh man, I'm just so stressed out. I'm so anxious. What would it look like for you to cut that thing out of your life? Like literally get off of all social media. I'm not saying forever, but maybe for a time. That's, that's division. That's disruption. That's, hey, Jesus is offering you life and peace over here. Another way, pick up your cross daily and follow him. Like daily avoid social media maybe. I'm not saying for everybody, but maybe for you that's been a struggle for you and maybe you need to hear today, 
Like, hey, it's okay, you have permission. Get rid of it. Because there's life on the other side. That's one of the ways, that's maybe one of the implications for what disruption and Jesus' peace and picking up your cross and following him might look like for you. Guys, these things that we talk about in here on Sundays aren't just like, hey, big picture, and one day I'll start doing that. No, it's meant to be done right now. And maybe that's one of the ways where Jesus wants to bring some division, disruption in your life so that you can experience his peace and life on that path. Does that make sense? There's plenty of other ways you can apply this, not just for the ladies, but for the guys as well. So let's go down to the next thing. So we got Jesus disrupts, but also brings peace in relationships, disrupts and also brings peace when it comes to uh, culture and our way of life. Verse 39, this last verse for us this morning, but whoever denies me before men, uh, oh wait, Oh, I went up to uh, verse 33. Uh, Whoever finds finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay? Whoever denies, uh, whoever, let's read that one more time because I got mixed up with verse 33. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is talking about our comfort, right? Jesus disrupts our comfort, but he also brings some peace in here. That we weren't created just to live a comfortable life and do what we want to do every moment of every day that we want to do it. We weren't meant to be comfortable beings. And giving up your life, like losing your life, saying no to the things that in a moment or for a moment may satisfy you is part of the way of Jesus. So that why? Just so I can be uncomfortable? Just so I can live a rough life? No, because... That's the life that Jesus has called you to embrace, a life that that isn't just easy, a life that is about advancing his kingdom, a life that is about doing things like picking up your cross and following him. And maybe a good example for this of what this looks like in a life, this is for the guys now, okay? The guys, there's some in the back and then on this side of the room, so I'll kind of talk to you guys. But one of those ways, I think, when it comes to our comfort, is fighting against this thing that is plaguing young men, my generation and your generation is this thing called passivity. It's being passive. It's being, oftentimes, the way passivity looks in your life and mine is laziness. It looks like laziness. Where there's things that we're meant to be, be responsible for, take responsibility for, take hold of, take leadership of, and yet we don't. Because it's easier to sit on the couch and play video games. It's easier to veg out on Netflix or YouTube or whatever your streaming service of choice is. We take the easy way out because it's just that. It's easy, but there's hard things or harder things that the Lord has maybe called us to. One really big example. So many of you guys, and this is not a knock, it just is the way it is, so let's just call it that. So many of you guys have no clue when it comes to your Bible. Like, you can maybe answer some tests, like, answer some questions on a test and make a good grade on it, like, A, B, C, D, what's the answer to this Bible verse kind of thing? But, but barely any of us are reading it and engaging with the Word of God and really learning and taking in who He is. Why? Because of our passivity and our laziness. Maybe you know, I'd imagine that there's at least one dude in here who's felt for a while, like, hey, maybe I should be getting up 15 minutes early. Or maybe before I turn on the Xbox or PlayStation or whatever your thing of choice is, I should make sure that I've spent time with the Lord. But what would it look like for you to actually do that 
and not let your laziness or your passivity or however you want to identify that get in the way. I think that's where Jesus wants to bring some disruption to our comfort, some division. Like, hey, uh uh-uh, if you're going to live the life that he's called you to, then there's some things that you've got to take hold of and stop being lazy, stop being passive about it. Ladies, are you glad I didn't just pick on you? Okay. And some of that can apply to you too. And the social media thing can apply to the guys. The comparison trap is just as easy at times for us. But Jesus, he's come to offer us this different way. And a lot of times it causes some disruption in areas like our relationships and like culture and like our comfort and in so many more. But if you embrace his way of life, this path that, he's, that he offers us, there is peace and so much more along the way. If you need more examples, like, I, just, I don't know if this is real. Man, the biggest place of, of ultimate disruption that led to peace was the cross. Ultimate disruption and division. Literally, Jesus is fighting against the powers of evil. He's fighting against sin and death and has ultimate victory over those things so that you and I might have some peace in this life. So where for you, where for you is there an area in your life where you need peace? Have you actually spent the time daily asking God, hey, bring some peace into my life? Where is it that God's maybe shaking some things up and disrupting? Have you considered asking him like, Lord, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? Might there be something that he's trying to teach you or lead you into on the other side? Final example from real life, because I think it's kind of, Fun and funny. You guys know I got a... Oh, wow. Bless you. You guys know I got into a car accident the other week, and uh, this is just an example of where, where some, some pain, some disruption can actually lead to peace. I start going to this thing called chiropractor. You ever heard of a chiropractor? Yeah, they, they crack your back. My chiropractor really only did it like one time. The rest of the time I've been on this like rolly, rolly uh, bed thing. So, but but he, he cracked me, and he lays me down like I'm flat, face down on this... Uh, bed thing and then like these places at my hips in the bed it like moves me up and he puts this like wedge thing underneath one side of me and he places his hands on on the other side other side of my back and he all of a sudden just like pushes down really hard and the whole thing like slams and I don't know if it's the bed cracking or if it's my back cracking or whatever but all of a sudden you're like oh wow that like feels pretty good and it it took a little bit of pain admittedly like it, it it did hurt in the moment but on the other side of it ideally is some relief, some peace when it comes to your back. Like everything's working and moving like it's supposed to. I'm sure you guys have seen videos online where they're like doing all these crazy things and all this cracking. You're like, oh my gosh, that's so painful, right? But then the person is actually smiling on the other end, right? Or uh, I saw this thing yesterday. This guy was like taking a towel and wrapping it around people's necks. It was a wet towel, so maybe that's a secret. And then he would just like yank their head and their entire spine would crack and, and their face would turn red, and then after they could start breathing again, they would be like, oh my gosh, this is the best I've felt since I was a baby, right? And uh, I'm like, how do you remember what you felt like as a newborn? The point, though, is this pain, momentary pain for them and for myself, I've now experienced a little bit of it as well, led to some peace and relief in the end. And oftentimes, that's the path that Jesus will have you on. So let me pray for us that we'll get to experience some of that in our own lives. Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice being the ultimate place that we can look and say, hey, yeah, that's, that's part of what it looked like. 
for some disruption. But within that and on the other side of it, there was peace. God, I pray that we would experience that peace no matter what our circumstances are. Would you help us to turn to you for that? And that as we do experience some disruption or some division in our life, maybe it's you shaking things up. And so would we have the, uh, the wisdom and, and the boldness to ask, hey, Lord, what are you doing in the midst of this? What is it that you want me to learn? What is it that you want me to see? Where is it that you want me to grow? We love you. We pray that you would have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.